With the start of online sports betting this Thursday, FanDuel has come up with the mother of all contests for fans. The prizes include three trips, including airfare, hotel, and tickets to any SEC or ACC game of your choosing. Airfare, hotel tickets to an NFL regular season game of your choosing, or tickets to Derby 150. But if you're willing to gamble, you could take home all five prizes. Here's how it works. Download the FanDuel app, then go to ESPNLouisville.com and register your name. If you already have the FanDuel app, then you just have to register on our website. Then on Thursday, the first day of online sports gambling at Kentucky at 5 p.m., we will draw out a winning name. That person could either take one of the flyaway trips or derby tickets, or they could roll the dice for all five. Literally roll the dice. You choose two numbers on a six-sided die. If either of your numbers comes up, you take home all five prizes. If not, you get nothing, and we draw out the next winner. So download the FanDuel app, then register on ESPNLouisville.com. Wherever your favorite team tailgates this season, there's a Cox's or Evergreen Liquors nearby. Your mileage may vary. Stop by for all your game day beverages and party supplies, wine, beer, spirits, and more. Cox's and Evergreen Liquors, everyone's go-to liquor store. Big pick set out on top, but the ball is loose. And now they get it to see that it's going to be Louisville in front. I shook up the world. In BCS Bowl terms, you guys shook up the world. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, you're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I shook up the world. First and third, two out. The 2-2 from Iggy. Swing and a miss. The cards are headed to Omaha. Welcome into another edition of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Bill. I'm Ethan Moore. He's Taylor Lynch. Zach Cantrell behind the glass. Zach Jack. You know what we do at LSL. <laughs> all things UFL football, basketball, and recruiting. And T-Money, we're going to be hot and heavy with Louisville football and basketball on tonight's show as it's hate week. We're playing the team up the road on Saturday at noon. I cannot wait. Yep. I'm like foaming at the mouth um, with my excitement for this game. Uh, man, do we owe them um, a big fat L. Hopefully that is what happens on Saturday. We're going to get into that. Um, Louisville basketball came from ahead to lose last night in very disappointing fashion. We'll t- discuss that as well. 8150-939 is the number. The UPS Jobs text line is 3831-939. Every week's T-Money. hate week. Can we be honest? Every uh, week, every day is hate okay. day. True. All right. Fair, you know, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, um, Team Money, how's that turkey and uh, mashed potatoes and stuff and looking, boss? Uh, two days away. Bruh. It's, it's, it's going to be good. The, uh, the cooking will start uh, tomorrow and uh, carry over into uh, Thursday. So... It's going to be good. Nice. It's going to be good times. Very nice. Zach, uh, what's your plans, boss? I'm going home tomorrow morning and getting ready to eat some turkey, some noodles, mac and cheese, yeah. mashed right, potatoes, everything, man. You know how it, how it would be. Football, food, nothing better. Yeah, and, and family. You got to throw in the other F. Well, you got to have some family. Yeah, you know, some. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, of course, um, Taylor, all eyes are now on the number 10 Cardinals. Um, I, before, I, I kind of want to, I guess, I feel like we should talk about the basketball game at first, and then we'll just we'll roll with the football show. We'll roll with it. Um, uh, but and then first things first, the college football playoff rankings came out just about an hour ago. Louisville at number 10. I think, Taylor, both of us last week were, like, pretty much okay with Missouri being number nine and us being yeah. number 10. Yeah. This week – I'm not. This week, I f- yeah, this week I feel like that that's changed. Louisville should be number nine. They should be. I mean, I looked at Missouri's schedule, and I want to poke holes in Missouri's schedule, but you can't. I mean, their, their losses came to LSU – and Georgia, but at some point, losing two games versus losing one game has to matter. And I get it. Louisville has probably the worst one loss of any of the one-loss teams. But still, they've lost one time. They have found ways to win games. If you watched that Miami game from beginning to end, that was an impressive performance against a team that had their backs against the wall and you were on the road in their home environment and they have a ton to play for they are trying to you know stay relevant uh, they just came off of a of a loss to their rival uh in a hotly contested game now you're coming to their house trying to beat them I, louisville had to dig deep and find a way to win that game and i feel like they should get a ton of credit for that and i don't really feel like they are and it's a little bit it, it's it's annoying at this point to just see Missouri sitting up there. I think that Louisville should be ninth uh, at the least, uh, but the fact that they're 10th, you know, carry that as a boulder on your shoulder coming into this weekend as well if you need to. A little added, uh, little added heat there to the uh, to the fire for Louisville. Yeah, you're a poet and didn't even know it with That's that right. rhyme. A little boulder on your shoulder. Uh, there we go. Um, let's open up the phone lines. 8150-939 is the number. Of course, the UPS Jobs text line is 3831-939. Loyal Lawrence will lead things off tonight. What's going on, boss? Hey, Ethan. Hey, Taylor. Can this entire Wolves thing talk to y'all? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Tell him about so, it, Lawrence. Let me get this, so let me get this right. We're snob and title and for the last five years, what have you been hearing from UK fans? That we're the best team in the state. We're in the SEC. Louisville terrible. Louisville ain't all that. Mm-hmm. Is that what we've been hearing mm-hmm. for the last couple of years? Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Now, Ad nauseum. So now we're snobbing in title. You know who you said who's snobbing in title? You said the whole bronze family is snobbing in title. You just said Muhammad Ali is now entitled. You just disrespected every single local fan in the state right now, in the city, and in, in, in history. Because we're now entitled. Don't you understand? You just now gave, gave Louisville and bulletin board material. Mm-hmm. And you're about to step in a hornet's nest now. Oh yeah, that oh, that rail yard, man. To, hey, the L and N. This wait. It's gonna be That's ten right. times bad now. I feel like though Lawrence and Taylor, I want your thoughts too. I feel like Lawrence that he, well, like dis- doesn't really know, and he was just making up stuff to try to try to talk trash that's that's the vibe that i got from him <laughs> like how would louisville football no, fans no no, be... no 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 don't do that don't do that don't do that <laughs> he, 
No, God. listen, listen. I'm still, I'm still mad at it, and I mean that's going to be bulletin board material. I mean, I, you know, I hope that that we send him home with with a with a large loss, um, and then tell him all about it um, throughout the game and and after the game's over with. But I, I, I just feel like I, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad though. Once again, that shows you the composure that Coach Brahms' players have, both on and off the field. They know the importance of this game. Make no mistake about it. But they're going about their business, whereas the team up the road, you know what their antics are. You know, but pregame, verbally, you know, and they and they've had the room to, you know, um, to crow about it. And I think this year is when that stops. You know, so I'm already irritated that they disrespecting my local women basketball team. They disrespect oh, my dude. football team tonight in the college football playoff. And the, the head basketball coach is getting on my nerves because he's stubborn and don't don't care, don't do things his way instead of doing the things the right way. But hearing that, I was trying, trying to calm myself down for the week. Now I'm turning up ten times, ten times over. I can't wait for Saturday now. Oh, no, I know I cannot I wait. I want this man. game to be over in the first quarter. I, I want I want them to dominate like they did that night. On that Thursday night when we dominated in what fifty nine or nothing, fifty three nothing. Remember that? Yeah. Before that dirty UK play took out Michael Bush. Yeah, man. Yeah. <sighs> Listen, I'm here for it, dude. I'm here for it. Um, we owe them. It's been four straight. Um, that is entirely too long. Um, but but what Louisville now has, gentlemen, is they have a coach that matches the intensity that embraces the hate and embraces the rivalry and truly understand it. Again, if you've listened to the show for years, we had the, the only thing, Lawrence, that I give the team up the road credit for in the football program is that Stoops and that program embrace the hate and they, and they make no bones about it that this rivalry game is a big deal. And now we have the coach that counters that. You want to know what? You want to know something even – Yes. I hope a whole dozen Louisville fans come come to the game Saturday with a top hat and a little that little thing around their eyes with a cane and wearing a um suit jacket saying every time they throw a touchdown it says T for everybody we pretty snob is T T every time we score we just import some T. I'm here for it. I like it. Cause I like it. Cause he better hope he he better hope Louisville don't put up seventy points on that on that team. Cause we're going to let we're going to let that UK lineman know and Saturday. What's up? Oh yeah, we're going to oh, let yeah. him know. Lawrence, what's before we let you go, man? What's your prediction for the game Saturday? hundred and five to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh man, Lawrence, appreciate it, man. Yeah, he's fired up, Team Money. I love it. I love it. That's that's what Rivalry Week does to you. It, it gets you fired up. And look, this is the first time in a long time that we can be a little chesty, that we can come in and feel good about Louisville's chances in this game, because for the past couple of seasons, it has not been that way. I mean, when you come into this game. We knew that Louisville was going to get owned on the offensive and defensive lines. We knew that coming into this game for the last four seasons. It does not feel that way this time. Louisville's offensive line has handled business all season long, 
and there is not going to be that massive discrepancy on the lines like we've seen in years past. So this is the first time you come in and you feel a little bit confident about Louisville's opportunities on Saturday. And and it's nice. It's nice to feel confident. It's nice to be able to to puff your chest a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's it's certainly a welcome sight, man, because um, that's something that this program has been missing. I mean, I think I think uh, gone are the days of uh, our head coach complaining about the L's down, <laughs> um, not having an answer for um, them running the ball constantly. And I think you mentioned it, and I think it's true on the other side of the ball, the defensive line. Finally now, we've got the beef on both sides of the lines. Now, they still have – Great size yep. on the offensive and defensive lines, but you know what? Now Louisville does, and we have we have uh, uh, a, a very solid, serviceable quarterback. Um, that if you look at the numbers, I mean, Plummer has better numbers than than Devin Leary. Uh, they have a very talented running back in Ray Davis. Uh, we Ooh, have two utilize. very talented running backs. Um, exactly. Just ask him so on Twitter. Do, yeah. He's tw- and yeah. his dad. <laughs> yeah, his, yeah, him and his dad both going after uh, Stoops. So things are going real well up in uh, Lexington. Or is that the but land don't that we don't guys... refer to by name? Lexkanistan. Yeah, yes. Uh, and I want to issue that to uh, the callers and texters. Please do not call them. Um, they're the team up the road. Did you hear especially... what Jeff Wallace called them at the end of his Jeff Wallace show? I did not. He he said to good luck to the football team, uh, football team on Saturday as they play um, that team down the road. Nice. Well, I think he probably listens to LSL too. He probably I mean, does. You know. Long time listener. He yeah. should listen. Well, I mean, but listen, but uh, Coach Walls knows better than anybody. What does he have? Six straight mm-hmm. against them. So yeah, he can call him. Yeah, he can. He can. Uh, you know, ignore him all all he wants as well. Uh, he he's earned that right. I mean, I think everybody needs to take note of of how his program has dominated the team up the road, and, and hopefully, uh, Coach Brom um, and company will. Uh, we'll start uh, a new streak. Um, and, again, once again, you know, we talk about, Taylor, you talk about how now Louisville football fans, for once, you know, they, you know, we do have the edge going into the game. Again, the game has to be played. Louisville needs to win this game. Yes. Make no mistake about it. This has been a magical season. It's been fantastic. But the the season will lose its luster if you lose to a mediocre uh, arch rival on your home field. So, Make no mistake about it. This is a must-win. Uh, I think Louisville does win, and I don't listen. I would love for it to be t- by 21, but I'll take a one-point win. You know what I mean? I, a win is a win. You beat your rival. I don't care what the what the margin of victory is. Now, I would love I would love for the game to be over with, um, well <laughs> into the fourth quarter. I would love Taylor. I think the best case scenario would be when Joker and the Thief comes on. That is when. Um, the team up the roads fans make the exit. Wouldn't that be poetic? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Jeff, this is the type of game that you would absolutely love, where Louisville starts this game the way that they started offensively against Indiana, where you score twenty one points, like boom, like that, and then defensively you start the game the way you started the game against Virginia Tech, where you line up in the very first play, you're sacking Devin Leary and you're taking him down you know, 10, 15 yards back behind the line of scrimmage and Kentucky immediately is starting in a hole offensively. Like, I mean, look, Louisville did on Saturday against Miami, something that we need to also discuss is is that game. But Louisville kept their streak alive. 
of coming out on defense and stopping a team on their first offensive possession. Yes. That's every game this season has started that way for the Louisville defense. And most of them, a couple of them have been turnovers. It wasn't yes. in this instance, but here's a stat for you. So Devin Leary against Tennessee threw for 320-some yards. The other seven SEC games, he's averaged about 144 yards per game. He's been a noodle-arm, weak quarterback. And Kentucky, I just want to congratulate them, the team up the road. I want to congratulate them for beating as many teams with a winning record as everybody on this show. Just <laughs> Zachy C. Look, he's he's feeling himself with his with his Ohio State Buckeyes uh, on Saturday too. The same kickoff time as well, which yeah, I man, hate um, by the way. Yeah, what do you what's 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 the Zach Cantrell Saturday afternoon look like? Well, now? the good news for me is I have two TVs already set up in my place, there which usually I put use for like a four part multi view or whatever. But no, yep. it, we're all, all locked in on both games this week. There you go, as you should be. 8150939 is the number. 3831939 um, is the UPS jobs text line. Let's go back to the phone lines. Who do we have up next? We got Jeff uh, coming up. What's up, Ethan? How's it going, buddy? What's up, dude? How we doing? Hey, man, I tell you what, this is my absolute favorite week of the year. I'm glad that it's back because we've been missing it the last couple of years because. Andy Griffith is now up the road because he didn't give a damn about this game whatsoever, and it showed. We finally have a guy that hates Kentucky as much as I hate Kentucky behind the helm. And not just that, his brother's the offensive coordinator. We all hate Kentucky. There are Richard Owens is the O-line coach. Guess what? He hates Kentucky. (laughs) You know what? Deion Branch is out there. He hates Kentucky. Pete Knox is out there. He hates Kentucky. Everybody hates Kentucky, except for the guy that went up the road. You know, so, hey, this weekend, I can't wait to watch how our guys play and how they come out versus the flatness we've seen the last several years. These guys are going to come out with hope and emotion because I listen to Jeff talk. I watch him on the sidelines. I watch everything that he does. I guarantee you that he has instilled in these guys how much this game wins, this game means. I mean, I heard they put the U.K. logos back on the urinal so we can piss on them again. You know, it's just just, just that, that attitude you have to have, and we have a coach that's coming out here that's going to have that attitude. Now, last week, what did I see from this team? I saw us face some adversity last week. And not look like we were down ever. They didn't look defeated ever. It was a fight the whole way. I haven't seen us do that in so many years that I am confident that when we go out and we play against Kentucky, we're going to be a team that they haven't seen any of those players on that team have seen yet. They're going to be out there. They're going to play Louisville, and they're going to get smacked in the mouth the way that it's supposed to be and the way that it has been and the way that we used to smack them in the mouth. It's going to be a fun game if you were a L fan. And if you've got Kentucky friends, talk all the crap that you want to because you're allowed to do that again. You can be confident going into this game and not have it in the back of your mind. Well, you know, it, it, it's going to be popping out there on Saturday. I don't care how cold it is or whatever, but, you know, I, I'm pumped. If I could still play, I would go out there and I would play. I promise you, I'd jump off sides and hit the quarterback in the mouth one time. Just to let him know I was there. <laughs> yes, dude, you had me. You had me written, getting ready to run through a wall. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it's 
it's crazy. We've been waiting on this forever, and I just I can't wait. I, I can't wait. I mean, it's I don't even care about Thanksgiving. I'm gonna have a sandwich and then go to the game. You know, let's <laughs> how it goes. Anyway, you guys want a prediction for the game? Yes, absolutely. In Rocky Three. Yes, I have of not. Course. Oh my God. Anyway, the Sorry, prediction man. is pain. That's the that's for prediction. The prediction is pain. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. Yes. I'll anyway, take it. Uh, you want to offer up a score, Jeff? You want to offer up a score? I mean, maybe I'll, not one hundred five to nothing, but no, I'll give you a realistic score. I think that this game is going to be probably thirty-two seventeen Louisville. All right, I'll take it. So, all right, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Go Cards. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Um, Taylor, I think that's just that's been the prevailing theme, and it's just weird, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. a good weird because you know with Sat when when Petrino two quit, that was a disaster. Yes. Um, and I feel like if the fan base brings that passion, that energy of that these past four years that we've lost to them, and it pains me to even say that out loud, if we just bring that collective passion, um. With what a difference making the fans have been this year, whether it be you know Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, the Duke game, whatever, um, I think we're going to ratchet this up in, a, in an entirely different level. And you know, do, do they have some playmakers that are able to run the ball? Sure, um, the receivers are talented, but they've also had the drops. The fans will be responsible for false start penalties for them. Let's back them up even more. Absolutely. The passion will be there. Uh, I don't care if it's noon, kegs and eggs, whatever you want to do, get out there um, and, and be ready to, to get rowdy because um, th- this atmosphere, this whole home season has, has been like, hasn't been like any other. And maybe since 2006 when you have, you know, such rowdy atmospheres for just about every single home game – and you know that we're going to be bringing it um, big time on Saturday. And then with a win, you're 11-1. and one. You're solidifying yourself as a top-10 team. You're going to, the, to Charlotte for the ACC championship. You have um, a fantastic chance of playing in a New Year's Six game. I mean, this has just been a magical season. Um, but I tell you what, there's still a lot left to achieve. There's still a lot left to play for, and I'm here for it, and we have the coach that will get things done. This really feels like on Saturday that we have the opportunity for four years' worth of frustration to pour itself out on the field on Saturday. To literally make up for four years of all shucks Guess we got beat by him again, dadgummit, to, to just let that just come out of us and mm-hmm. and absolutely take it to him. And, I, and that is something that we have not done against a team up the road in a very long time. Even with Petrino um, 2.0. Yeah, there were close games. There were close games. We never really just took them to the woodshed. And it's, well, I think in 2017, the last time we went to Kroger, you scan Pick Pack Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you bring your Kroger Plus card. Bag around groceries on the way out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it was 44-17, but mm-hmm. that was the last time that we got him. And again, people were like, you haven't won six years. No, it's been four straight. Unfortunately, 18-19, COVID year, then 21-22. Yep. Um, but yeah, since to, since that blowout in 17 at Kroger, you scan, uh, we've yet to beat him. So um, that was, you know, with Lamar Jackson, and, you know, I still say to this day that wasn't a fumble, (laughs) whatever. Kentucky treated that as their Super Bowl. They had that parade. 
and had the DJ that they used to make uh, fun of UofL for. And then they um, got one. Waiting for him. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Um, How? I'm with you. Yeah. I, I mean, so, gosh, there's there's so many different there's so many different ways to, to go with with this football conversation. Um, let's, for a minute, because we could rivalry all all show long. We could just do nothing. We could do nothing but rivalry. Uh, let's yeah. take a step back for a second, and let's talk about the can, game. Can I rivalry just for one second more? Just, just Well, I, I want to rivalry this. some more. I know, but, but can I tell you this fact? Yes. Give me this fact. Which please. team? Which team in the Governor's Cup series made a commemorative DVD about beating <laughs> the opponent? Stevie got loose. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Louisville, and that was um, you know that was when we just joined the Big East after the little old Conference USA days. <sighs> yeah, that's right. Uh, what was hang the was banner the program? Who was the program in this series that whined about not wanting it the first game of the season because they they weren't prepared? <laughs> wasn't Louisville? Nope, sure wasn't. Sure wasn't. All right, uh, wasn't that? As you were saying, good sir. Um, yes. So the weekend that was for Louisville Saturday at Miami, <clears throat> that to me, Ethan, and I don't, I don't know how you feel, but to me, that was the most nervous I have been before a Louisville game all season. That was. Like I was sitting on the couch watching it, and Rachel looks at me and she's like, "Are you, are you okay?" And I'm like, I, "You just, I'm like, you don't understand how important this game is." Like I'm like, hands, I'm like head in my hands, like breathing, and she's like, "Dude, are you, you good?" And I'm like, "It's just, it matters so much. Like there's so much riding on this particular game, and the ability to win it." And solidify your spot in the ACC championship, and not have to nervously watch Clemson, North Carolina. Although it ended up not being that nervous of a game, but still, to not have to nervously watch Clemson in North Carolina, to not have to wonder what's going to happen with Virginia Tech and and all these other games going on in the ACC, just to be able to simply take care of business and know at three thirty that Louisville's going to the ACC championship game, like that, to me, made that game so nerve wracking. From literally from the beginning to the end, man. I think yeah, I, I feel you. I didn't get the nerves before the game. I got the nerves more so in the second half. Yeah. Because once, you know, you had the back and forth first quarter where it was fourteen fourteen. Um, you still weren't playing your best, but I, I kind of like what Jeff said. You never felt like they were out of it ever. Right. Um, and then you know you, you have the kicking game troubles, but then too, like this team has showed us year in or day in game. Game in, game out, of with the exception of Pitt, is that they'll, they'll battle back and they'll make plays in the crunch in crunch time, and that's exactly what they did. So the nerves for me, I tell you what, that that fourth and goal Ooh, when Miami had the ball, I dude. Mean, you talk about, oh my gosh, they call that timeout, then you're just like, here, here it is, this is the game, right here, we could be going to our first, you know, Power Five conference championship game in school history. It's all on the line. I feel like, though, Taylor, how you were pregame last week, that's going to be me Saturday morning. Yeah. They got to win, dude. They, yeah. they have to win. I think they are. Um, but they, they really need to take care of business. Um, uh, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going you know, to get out there, you know, early. 
get out there uh, for card march, represent for everybody. Yep. Um, you know, wearing my red and black, proud, proud and loud. But I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be a little nervous as well because because of what this game um, just means for the fan base. But going forward, because let we have this other new dynamic now, especially if if you. Um, take into account the college football playoff. Well, now Florida State is number five. Yeah. And I think we were all assuming that even with the loss, you know, Florida State's going to the playoff. We're going to go to the Orange Bowl. Well, and if we're, you know, if you were to lose to Florida State, and, you know, even if they're undefeated, they're not going to be, unfortunately, it doesn't appear to be, they don't appear to be a shoe in for the playoff. And so if that means they win the ACC and then they go to the Orange Bowl, what does that mean for us? So, But if you beat the team up the road and you're 11-1 and one going into the ACC championship, even if you were to drop that game to go to 11-2, and two, you're up a spot or two higher in that college football playoff poll, and then you're within that realm to still make a New Year's Six game if, in fact, Florida State doesn't make the playoff. So it's obviously important for bragging rights. It's important for the, for the city for the fan base, but it's also important uh, in terms of college football playoff rankings because you want to be as high as possible. So in the event of a loss to Florida State in the championship game, you still have a New Year's Six Bowl game to go to because I think that is what this team has has earned this season. Um, and certainly going to uh, the ReliQuest Bowl or the uh, you know Citrus Bowl, um, something like that. That's a very, you know, very good game yeah. uh, against the marquee opponent, but it still doesn't have that same cachet as a New Year's Six. So, again, the more wins, the better. The higher the ranking, the better. And then that gives you a little leeway no matter what happens. Even to Florida State, again, where you get screwed at 13-0, and if you're 11-2 and with a, with a competitive loss, you're probably not going to fall too far in the polls, thus potentially being able to play in the Cotton Bowl if the Orange Bowl is not the option. So I think you have a lot you have a lot riding on this game, um, not only locally, but also as far as the national picture is concerned. Yeah, if you win this game, you're pretty much, I don't know if guaranteed a New Year's Six Bowl, but the chances are you're going to get one, whether it's by winning the ACC yes. or whether Florida State, I, I'm still of the mindset of Florida State wins their last two, they're not going to keep 13-0 Florida State out of the playoffs. So I think they're still going to get in regardless. With you. But can we talk about how tough this team is like this nothing phases them no we've talked about this last week if it got to the fourth quarter Louisville has had success in the fourth quarter Miami hadn't had a ton of success in the fourth quarter and it showed Jack Plummer for all of his faults for the first two and a half three quarters he was damn near perfect in that fourth quarter and you never got the sense that they were out of it you always got the sense that they were going to figure out a way to come up big like early in the year in the fourth quarter I was a little bit nervous now I'm just waiting for them to come through, which is exactly what they did. And they did it without Jordan having a big game. They did it without Jamari Thrash having a big game. They just figure out ways to win games, whether it's by low scoring, like they did against NC State, or whether it's 38-31, like they did against Miami. They figure out different ways to win, and that is the best trait that a good football team can have. Jack Plummer got a lot of grief at times, even during the Miami game. But the dude finished 24 of 37 for 308 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. You can't ask uh, for much better than that. The one pick Let's, was bad, and he did miss a couple was. of touchdowns. But it was. He overthrew the receiver. Uh, he, he eyed him down the entire time and allowed the Miami defender to make a, a clean break on the ball. But when you needed him to play well in the fourth quarter of the Miami game and in the fourth quarter um, last week as well, when you needed him in, in the Virginia game and the Miami game, he came up big in the fourth quarter. 
And by the way, let's give Jeff Brom some credit for recruiting a kicker at halftime. Dude. <laughs> right. He got he got a guy. He, he made his only attempt right down the middle. Jennifer is no longer my favorite Lopez. No. Like, I am all – George I'm was my favorite now. Lopez. Come there on. There you go. There you go. Well, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, big props to Nick Lopez. But, but that's another name. You talked about finding players – um, to step up and make plays when your when your playmakers are still not even near 100%. So um, props to Jamari Thrash playing through injuries. Props to Brian Hudson for doing the same, battling injuries. To our Jordan, the list goes on and on. But these are the names: Nick Lopez, Maurice Turner, Joey Gatewood, um, Evan Connolly. On that one drive, Dude. those three players made big time plays in clutch situations, and this is why. The fans absolutely love this 10-1 and team because they're, they're tough physically, they're tough mentally, and they have a ridiculous amount of depth. And that's just that's a testament to this coaching staff. I mean, you have guys ready to come in and they make plays. They make plays. They're they're not they're not they're not shell shocked. They're they're not in awe of the moment. They go out there and handle business. Like you all said, Nick Lopez, 40 yarder right down the middle. Yeah. This is how you strike the perfect balance between having an experienced roster already versus bringing in guys from the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. You got guys that have been in these spots before, been in big games, and nothing seems to bother them. It was it, as much as we talk about the, the guys out there making plays, that offensive game plan for Jeff Brom was a masterpiece. That was coaching 101. That was a clinic on how you use a defense how you use the strength of a defense against them because everything that Jeff called was to take advantage of Miami being over aggressive and over pursuing he used that to his advantage he moved the pocket he created some some gadget plays and some interesting things through the kitchen sink at them and took advantage of them and I mean it was literally a coaching masterpiece Every time he called a play, it was interesting, it was inventive, but then there was also plenty of, this is what we do, and this is what we do well, and we're going to keep doing it. Louisville, for give them credit, give this staff credit. They were committed to running the football, even though that was something that Miami defensively was really good at stopping, Louisville lined up and said, you know what, we are still going to attempt to run the football here, and they ran the ball for 162 yards, so on 34 attempts. So they did not try to abandon the run or or do anything crazy. They said, we're still going to line up and we're still going to run the football. And it kept Miami honest. And it allowed for some of those big plays in the passing game. It, it really did. And I, I certainly think that, that that's another aspect of having Coach Brom on the sideline. Is, is you know that with the team up the road having an aggressive defense as well, there's going to be a lot of misdirection. And there's going to be some play designs that we have not seen before. And you know that you know that's coming. Um, and then as well, though, you're going to have drives where Louisville's going to try to, to play bully ball. And we're, we're going to run the ball. Um, so you're either going to stop it or you're not. Um, and, and But then, too, you could use that for play action. Uh, and then you can you can kind of lull them to sleep. Um, you can also again use that misdirection um, for some big plays. You're going to have the 12th man behind you at LN Stadium, so everything is in place for a big game in this rivalry matchup. Um, I still don't buy it um, that this team is is, is uh, the team of the road is checked out. Um, certainly they're frustrated. Certainly I I, th- I feel like it's kind of like Miami. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they, they, you know, have, have had a disappointing season, but there's still talent on that roster. There's still speed and size on that roster. Again, just like Miami, maybe if we can jump out on them early, Louisville could win going away. But I still feel like this will be a very competitive, close game. Uh, I look for Louisville to kind of open it up there later on um, with a with a big play here or there, and then you know the rest is history. But certainly, um, you know, I would love for it to be a blowout. Yeah. Um, but you know, but still, uh, I do think like Miami, um, they still have something to play for. They would love to play spoiler. I know um, out in the media in, in Lexington today, they were talking about you know what would it mean. Um, to spoil Louisville's playoff hopes. I mean, just the fact that, that, that that's even a question <laughs> yeah. is awesome. I mean, so, again, I cannot be um, cannot be happier with how this year has gone. So proud of the program. So happy for the coaches and the players. They've earned it. And I'm happy for the fans. You know what I mean? Um, we deserve that, this. You know, we, yes, it, we absolutely do. Um, with all the nonsense we've had to put up with over the years, the disappointments, um, to have this team just, you know, picked preseason to finish number eight in the ACC, and now they're number uh, two in the conference, tenth in the nation. I'll take it, man. Love it. Well, how about this? Over the last two games, and, and Louisville struggled at times against uh, Virginia and had to gut that one out, uh, had to deal with a 21 to nothing third quarter from the Cavaliers. Uh, they had to gut this one out against Virginia, I mean, uh, against Miami. But in the fourth quarter of the last two games, Louisville has outscored their opponents 32-6. Nice. That's how you win football games. That's yeah. the difference between winning and losing football games. The way that you finish, and that has been a mantra for Louisville, and that has been something that we have not seen Louisville do over the last several years is be able to finish, to come out and finish football games, to, to put teams away when they have opportunities. Louisville let those opportunities slip through their fingers too many times. We talk about Florida State, and we're going to get into that, uh, I'm sure, here in a little while with the injury um, to Jordan Travis, but Tate Rubmaker is going to come in the game. He came in the game here when Louisville had a lead. Travis gets injured. Tate comes in the game, leads Florida State, on, and, and they end up beating Louisville. So, yeah, Coach Norvell mentioned that today in the, yeah. during the college football playoff show. Yeah, um, and you talk about talk about um, um, Visor Sat Daddy. How many games did we blow in the fourth quarter? Yes, absolutely. That's the thing under him. Louisville yeah. not being able to finish games was a trademark of Satterfield, and it is not with this team. This team is finding ways to win games instead of finding ways to lose games, and that is the part that is so fun to watch because you're right as nerve-wracking as Saturday was and it was and I also find it funny because in the Louisville game notes it says that the attendance at Hard Rock was 44,996 people I don't I don't know where the hell those people were uh but they weren't at Hard Rock Stadium because there may have been 4,996 people there but not 44,000 um but it, it's been a hallmark of, of this team not finishing and and this team is finding ways to win they're finding way they're gutting games out they're winning games in different ways and that's something that like i said as nerve-wracking as that game was on saturday you never felt like this this team's out of it you never felt like this is this is it like miami's gonna win it always felt like louisville's gonna find a way they're yeah. gonna get a stop on defense they're gonna get a turnover they're gonna get a big play isaac garendo's gonna run for 70 yards or, or something crazy is gonna happen 
and Louisville's going to they're going to win. They're going to they're just going to win. It's it's going to be ugly, uh, but they're going to find a way to win. And we got all of that in that fourth quarter. You get Coleman on a on a fifty eight yard pass from Plummer that. You know, he throws Plummer throws the ball to him. Coleman does the work. The Miami defenders run into each other, and he's trotting into the end zone. And you're like, here we go. And then again, you talked about the fourth down where I'm standing in my living room screaming, for the love of God, get a stop. And and they do, and they get the stop on fourth down. And then the miracle play at the end, where Tyler Van Dyke, man, he may not be able to throw it to, to people in orange jerseys, but he can sure throw it far. And, and he threw that thing all the way to the end zone. And Louisville tried to bat it down. It gets it gets uh, caught. But then Louisville, with the wherewithal defensively, to stay with your guy and get him on the ground, that was as yeah. impressive to me as if they had batted the ball down. So they've won 10 games this year. I count at least four of them that they trailed in the fourth quarter. It might even be more than that. Mm-hmm. But I think another thing that we haven't talked that much about, think about the end of the game as well. Who Which team was disciplined? Louisville yeah. wasn't committing oh, yeah. dumb penalties at the end of the game. Miami committed two terrible penalties. You had Mario Cristobal calling a timeout before that fourth down when he didn't need to. Uh, you had the punch right after the fourth down play that cost him 15 yards. And then you had, uh, after the punt return, another 15-yard penalty against Miami. Jeff Brom is managing in-game situations better than the opposing coaches. Louisville is staying disciplined. And that's not something that should be overlooked. And like we've talked about, under Satterfield, you were waiting for them to figure out a way to lose. Mm-hmm. With Jeff Brom this year, you're figuring – you're thinking about, okay, how are we going to win this game? Because they're going to find a way. Pick game aside, they have found a way to win every game they've played in the fourth quarter. Nothing phases these guys, and I think the discipline ha- cannot be overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, this is we can, we can continue just to heap praise on this program because um, it, it's warranted. Now, we've got to finish the job. Same thing the coaches have said. Same thing the players have said. Um, this week we got to finish the job, cap off this wonderful season. Uh, let's see what Jake has to say. He's up next on LSL. What's going on, boss? What's going on, guys? Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I, I know you know you might think it's going to be a close game. It's not. It's not going to be a close game. Jeff Brom's got something for the butterball. I'm telling you, <laughs> the, the the Michelin Man spokesperson, he, he don't have nothing for Jeff Brom. That, yeah, I don't know if you guys have noticed. Every single game offensively, we have we have came with something new. Yep. Every single game, and, and like you all were talking about, Jeff, Jeff Brom has gotten one hundred and ten percent of the potential out of this team week in and week out. Leave out the pit game. But uh, he, he, our boys are going to be ready. That 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 play, that LNN Stadium on Saturday is going to be a madhouse. And when Kentucky yeah. walks in, running their jacking their jaws and doing that crap that they do, it's not going. It's not going. I I wouldn't surprise me. I don't think our, I don't think our boys will even engage. I think they're just going to go out there. The guys in the red shirts are going to line up from the boys in the blue helmets and beat their faces into the turf. Butterball, you're on the clock. <laughs> I love it. Love it. And so, but, but Jake, bad week to Jake be a butterball, you know what I mean? 
Jay, yeah, really, <laughs> Thursday and Saturday. Uh, but Jay makes a good point, man. I th- I think like Louisville was able to goad Miami into some some terrible, especially timing wise penalties. I oh, think yeah. they're going to be able to do that to the team up the road as well. Um, you know that, that stunt where they tried to intimidate Tennessee uh, when yeah. they were taking a knee in prayer before the game. You know they're they're you know and then we know that Stoops is antics as well. Before um, the you know the infamous the infamous start where Petrino had uh, one of their staffers by the by the jacket collar um, at midfield. There's going to be some some uh, some pregame antics going on that's going to try to get under Louisville's skin. Um, but I, I think that Louisville will be um, able to you know control their emotions um, and allow UK to to get in their feels. I, I think maybe. Hopefully there's not a trash can on the sidelines right. uh, at LNN because we don't want that to be thrown at anybody. Uh, but I think I think this team, especially if Louisville can get out to a lead early, um, they're going to be frustrated because this season has been such a disappointment to them. There actually will be a trash can on the sideline. It's called the UK team. <laughs> Got him. Got him. He's ready. I do. He's it is ready. nice, and I, I'm sure that you noticed it uh, this week as well. It is so nice to hear the Louisville head coach talk about this game and talk about the importance of the game. And and you can tell by watching his body language and by listening to the things that he's saying that he is not saying this because somebody told him this. He is saying this because he has lived it. He's, he's saying this because he understands that you have to deal with the ramifications of this game for 365 days until you get an opportunity to try again. Like Jeff gets it. it. We've said it so many times this season that, that he gets it, that he's one of us, but like he really does get it. And he really is one of us. And he really understands like we don't like them and they don't like us and they want to beat us just as bad if not worse, then we want to beat them. And it finally feels like we feel the same way on this side. Our coaching staff feels the same way. Our coaching staff is like, we don't like them, and we want to beat them, and they're not going to come into our house and beat us. That's not happening. It is so nice to not have to wish and wonder why it feels like you care more than your coach does. It is, it's it's yeah. so nice. Yeah, if we can only get that um, in in men's basketball, um, we we would be set. Oh yeah. So I I still want to talk about the the basketball portion of things, but yep. but I want to keep going with football. Um, where do you feel? Uh, we talked about you know how we feel. Obviously, I think um, we're of the belief that we have the advantage on the sidelines with the coaches. Right. What position group do you feel like um, the Cards have an advantage? over them on Saturday? You know, I feel like it's the skill positions. I feel like Louisville has the the edge and the skill position. The wide receivers, uh, the running backs. Kentucky has some nice pieces uh, at both, but I think that Louisville has the advantage. And honestly, this is probably going to surprise a lot of people, but Louisville's got the advantage in quarterback. I mean... I would take Jack Plummer. Yeah, being with it with it being at home, absolutely. I would take Jack Plummer over Devin Leary any day of the week. Devin Leary has not been great this season. And he Kentucky has had to win games in spite of Devin Leary, not because of Devin Leary more often than not this season. So it's I, 
I think offensively, I think Louisville in the skill positions has the advantage. I defensively, it's a little bit more of a I'm not gonna say an even match, but it's closer to an even match. Um, I'd really like Louisville secondary. And I I think Kentucky's got a really good defensive line. Uh, but I really like where Louisville stacks up as far as secondary goes. I really think the whole key to this game is to contain the run. If you make Devin Leary throw the ball, Kentucky's receivers have not been getting any separation all year. No. They can't catch the ball. I don't think there's any question. Louisville has a significant advantage when it comes to the skill guys. They've got the better running game mm-hmm. with Jawar Jordan and Isaac Garendo. Ray Davis has been very up and down. Other than the Florida game, he's been mediocre at best, really. And then you look at the wide receivers, Huggins, Bruce, Thrash. Louisville is far more explosive. If Louisville loses this game, it's because Jack Plummer threw a couple of picks or something like that. It's not going to be because the skill guys didn't get something done. If Plummer just does what he's supposed to do, and that's manage the game, Louisville will be in good shape. And I think the defensive line is going to be so crucial early in this game, getting after Leary, but also containing that running game. Because if they can't run the ball, Kentucky cannot win. No. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be the game plan as well um and, and i think you know louisville has gone up against an elite running back um, with notre dame um uh, i believe well i don't know fletcher from miami got some big runs but i think they they still contained him um to a degree as well duke has a very good running back that louisville contained so um i am very i'm very confident that louisville will be able to contain uh, Ray Davis as well. Now mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't mean that he's not going to be able to rip off a couple of big runs, um, or, or score or not score rather. Uh, but I I think based on what we've seen and to your guys' point about the secondary, I mean hopefully Jarvis Brownlee if he can be healthy and ready to go, yeah, man, then you really like uh, that advantage for the Cards there. Um, but it's, it's a nice position to be in, man. I'm telling you, um, for once, right? It's been t- way <laughs> too long. Um, for, for this to, to be laboring, uh, you know, just five years ago, it, it was like it's it wasn't if we're going to win. It was by how many. Yeah. And then you know, I remember um, the game where Bonifant got hurt and Kyle Bowling came in um, and went wild on him <laughs> um, and, and won Through 44 to 40 pass to Devontae to Parker. Devontae, yeah. But, dude, I, I was I was like mad walking out of the stadium. Like We only beat him by four. It was a game the entire game. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's where we used to be because yeah. you you beat them so frequently. Now the tide the tide has turned, unfortunately, uh, for Louisville over the last couple of years. But um, I think now is when um, that tide will turn, um, and then the the Brahmin wealth will be in full effect <laughs> uh, here um, about three thirty on Saturday, as it should be. And when I look at the schedule of the teams that we've played, like you you want to talk about teams that are kind of comparable. Uh, to what Kentucky's going to do. I think Miami is probably comparable defensively to kind of what Kentucky wants to do. Uh, I don't think they're, I don't think Kentucky's as talented overall as what Miami has defensively. Like I said, I think Kentucky's got some really good pieces. And I think Kentucky's got a good defensive line. But I think as an overall defense, I think NC State has a better defense. I think Notre Dame has a better defense. I think Duke has a better defense than what we face or than what we will face against Kentucky. But but that's not possible. All they do is play <laughs> top 10 teams and play SEC teams. That's not possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and then and another thing, too, and again, I'm sure that you guys have heard it, too, um, what um, the Kayat fans have been <laughs> saying is like, oh, 
Oh, you playing the little old ACC. Uh, your schedule's terrible. If we had your schedule, we would be 10 and 1 2. Um, if you had our schedule, you have a losing record. You know, all that same nonsense yeah. that you hear time and time again. Um, you were the second best team that you play. You know, what, whatever, whatever the case may be here. Mm-hmm. I think another added storyline is, you know, with rivalry weekend upon us, there's four more ACC SEC matchups. Yep. Three of those four games, the ACC school is favored by you know, six, six and a half, or seven points. If if those lines hold up and the ACC goes three and one against those SEC opponents, the ACC will finish with a seven and three record against the mighty SEC. Uh, Who? Oh my goodness gracious! Oh, what now? I thought it meant more. I guess maybe it doesn't. So you've got Florida, Florida State. You've got uh, Louisville and the team off the road. You've got Clemson and South Carolina and Georgia, Georgia Tech. Those yeah, are your obviously, four. Yeah. yeah. UGA Tech, that's going to be a loss for uh, the ACC on that one. Um, but, I mean, kudos to Coach Key, Georgia Tech. Man, the Ramblin' record, bowl eligible. That's for right. The first time since uh, 2018, so, so kudos to them. That would yeah, be Kentucky's best win. Kind of yeah. It would be Kentucky's best win because, you know, that's a team with a winning record. <laughs> um, I know. That, isn't, isn't that when you really just look at it, it's like, yeah, I'm not saying that the SEC or the ACC is from top to bottom better than the SEC. No, it's not. No. But also, too, I'm not, you know, I'm not listening to sitting right now with the two conference records, the, the two conferences right now, the, the record is 4-2 and two in favor of the ACC. I'm not going to listen um, to their fans and, you know, SEC honks, um, you know, disparage the ACC. Because in, in a sample size of the teams playing against one another, the ACC has a winning record. So, I mean, come on. Miss me with that. Absolutely. Uh, so speaking of, of winning records uh, and, and rankings, uh, the college football playoff rankings came out. We touched on it a little bit. Louisville still at 10th uh, behind 9-2 and two Missouri. But something to note, Ethan, and I don't know if you watched all of it and saw all of the rankings, uh, but look who's checking in at uh, number 22. We got yeah, the 8-3 and three NC State Wolfpack. That is a road win against a top 25 team now. Uh, for your Louisville Cardinals, Notre Dame back up to 18th now, uh, sitting there at eight and three as well. So Louisville has an opportunity to have two wins over teams that are nine and three and ranked in the college football playoff. If NC State is able to beat North Carolina this weekend, uh, and Notre Dame, I believe they have what USC. So that should be or no? Have they already played? No, they have uh, Stanford. Yeah, that mm-hmm. they have standard because that because that game is the last game uh, for the Pac-12 and it's on the friggin' Pac-12 network or some obscure yeah. channel that you can't watch it on. But yeah. so Notre Dame most likely going to be nine and three. NC State if they can beat North Carolina, they'll be nine and three. Both teams will still be ranked uh, likely in the top twenty uh, of the final college football college football playoff rankings. Yeah, man, and that's huge uh, for Louisville. And when you're comparing them. Uh, to some other teams on the schedule, specifically when you're comparing them with Missouri, um, that's that's big. That's big for Louisville because Missouri's current uh, ranked wins right now would be number 14 LSU and number 21 uh, Tennessee. So not that much different from 22 NC State and 18 Notre Dame. So, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. But that is something to be watching for um, how you know how Louisville does, how those teams do if they keep winning. Uh, and if they stay ranked, that only bodes well uh, for the Cards, who, look, 
their one loss is the worst loss that you've got in college football right now um, to that. It was Pitt a terrible team. loss. There's no other way around. It was. It absolutely was. Um, what are your thoughts on Florida State dropping to fifth uh, and Washington jumping up to that fourth spot? Uh, Zach and I talked about this a little bit. Uh, I feel like, and I think Zach feels the same way, that's more to do with Washington and less to do with Florida State. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I think it's about the fact that Washington beat a top 15 Oregon State team on the road. I think whether Travis got hurt or not, they were going to jump them because Florida State played North Alabama. Washington's resume is probably the best in all of college football right now. You could argue for them to be ahead of Michigan yeah. right now. You could even argue that they should be number three. I don't think it's that big of a deal that Washington jumped Florida State. If they both went out, they're both going to be in the playoff. I don't really think there's yeah. much more to discuss than that. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you there. I mean, um, going to Corvallis, I watched that game late Saturday night, man, yep. and those elements, a cold rain. I think it was 38 Ugh. in that Pacific it Northwest. It looked miserable. Cold rain, yeah. But Oregon State is a very good team, and you beat them on the road. I, I understand it, um, but I'm also – you know, I'm with, I'm with Zach, too. I mean, if Florida State beats Florida and then a top-ten Louisville team, then they're in. Um I, I think the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, is out as well. Um, and I'm not just saying this because Zach's produced the, the program. I think Ohio State um, will, will get a – I think they win. I think the the Buckeyes have been more battle-tested. Uh, Michigan really only has one quality win, right? I mean, maybe you want to give them props for, for beating Maryland. Well, Ohio State also beat up. Maryland, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like, and then Penn State for them, so that's it. But, right. um, yeah, I think usually it'll work itself out. But I think, though, two guys, if the ACC and the Big Ten and that BS alliance was never formed, <laughs> we could have had that 12-team playoff now. Yes. And you're looking at a 10 seed for Louisville. We would be playing if – a struggling uh, Texas team. This would be an amazing yeah. year for a 12-team playoff because of how many good teams there oh, are. Yeah. Usually we struggle to have six or seven teams that are actually contenders. This year we've got 10 to 12 teams that think, you know what, if we got into a playoff format, we could compete. Like Louisville could go into On a matchup against, yeah. you know, if you match up against Michigan, who's not that battle-tested, or if you match up against Oregon or well, Texas, even, somebody even like Texas, that. That, sure. would be, that would be the matchup. It would be the 10-7 uh, matchup would be Louisville and Texas uh, playing in a playoff. Texas is not you're the team they right were I earlier. Like in the yeah, you're darn right. I like Louisville and their chances in that game sure. against a Texas team that's been struggling seemingly with everybody that they played over the last couple of weeks. Now they should still get in over Alabama because they beat them. Right. Still. Sure. But you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that that's just the you know the 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 big bummer in all of this is that you know when the ACC for whatever reason drug its feet with this 12 team playoff that we all knew was coming down the pike anyways Louisville um you know provided they beat the team up the road would have been in it i mean that's crazy to think about mm -hmm. Louisville still just on the very outer fringe um you know, a lot of chaos has to occur for them to for them to even make the 14 playoff but again the fact that that's even a discussion that Louisville is on the board for a to, to place a bet to make the playoff or to win the national championship and it's it's insane and I love it I'm here for it again it's a testament to the coaching staff on the players on what an outstanding season this has been to date so I think Georgia's a lock I think Ohio State if they win they're a lock I think Michigan's out with a loss I think if Washington beats Oregon for the Pac-12 title they're a lock who are you guys putting in there at four if 
Louisville upsets Florida State in the ACC championship game. What's this? Did, does Texas win the Big Twelve? Uh, we'll we'll say we'll say Texas wins the Big Twelve. But now you've got Alabama with two losses. You've got Oregon with two losses. They're out. Uh, you've got Florida State yeah. with a loss. Obviously, they are out. Mm-hmm. So really, it would come down to your ACC champion Louisville and your Big Twelve champion Texas. But I think Texas gets in with the yeah, win over Alabama. It, that's exactly it. They're, they're going to have beaten Alabama on the road by ten points. That's be- better than any win Louisville has. Texas would get the fourth spot. I don't think there would actually be much of a debate, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. Ethan. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm certainly thinking um, Louisville would be on the outside looking in under that scenario. Texas, arguably with the be- with the best non-conference um, road win um, um, on, in the season uh, of any team, and you know, provided they they went out, I think they would certainly get the nod there. So Louisville's uh, best hope, I think, is for Oklahoma State or whoever's the two-loss team in the Big Twelve to, to beat Texas 12. in the Big Twelve championship game, because then one conference yeah. is immediately gone. Then you want Georgia to beat Alabama, so there's no hope of two SEC teams. There's not going to be two Big Ten teams, so you get the SEC champ, Big Ten champ, Pac-12 champ. That leaves a spot open if the Big 12 champ loses, or Texas loses. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so to, to kind of recap what, what uh, Zach said, you want Georgia to win, you want Ohio State or Michigan. Obviously, one of them's going to be in, the other's going to probably be out. Um, Washington to win. So that Oregon's got another loss, upset Florida State, win the ACC. Uh, Alabama would have another loss to Georgia, and have Oklahoma State beat Texas. And if that happens, then that's the path possibly for Louisville because I don't see them putting a two-loss team in over and a one-loss conference champion. They've never done it. No two-loss teams ever made it. So, yeah, there's going to be a quiz at the end of the program for all these these scenarios. So I hope you're paying attention and you've taken notes. Uh, Guys, we are at hour number one. That has just absolutely flown by. Uh, We'll get to some of your texts later on in hour number two. If you want to call us with your predictions for the Governor's Cup, feel free. I do, guys, want to talk a little basketball as well because um, that was uh, the topic of discussion for last night. Of course, we can still – Uh, bounce back to the football discussion as your Louisville Cardinals are ranked number 10 uh, again in the college football playoff poll. They take on the team up the road at noon on Saturday. Guys, just saw a picture on social media. Um, I guess it's from the the team up the road's football complex, and the the L in Louisville is upside down, as is the Cardinal Bird head logo. Um, So they're going overboard with the L's down. So... (laughs) Let's uh, let's uh, let's tell them a weekend where they can put those um, L's down. Hopefully at three thirty on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that'll wrap it up. Hour number one. When we come back, hour number two. Our good friend Chris Hatfield will join us at nine thirty. He is nine and one on his Woo! LSL picks of the week. Um, his last pick last week of the U. Of, ooh, ooh, almost said it. The team ooh, up the road, South ooh, Carolina ooh. under um, wasn't even close. Um, that was a that was a sweat free cash, and hopefully he has another winner for us in hour number two. Take a quick break. When we come back, some basketball discussion, some betting discussion, as as well as we keep this Governor's Cup um, talk going as well. You're listening to Louisville Sports Live right here on Ninth Round the Ville. We'll be right back.
don't want these cards. That's right. Listen to Coach Brump. God rest his soul. Listen to B. Sam. You heard the man. They don't. You don't want these cards. I uh, hope Taylor that that game is played late into the second half as well. Man, Ugh. love it. Perfect. I love perfect, it. Perfect song for Saturday. Going ham. Make y'all my breakfast. Go on and scramble that quarterback. Mm, one time. You know, little kegs, know. little kegs and eggs. There yeah. you go. Come on now. Let's go. Um, all right. Before we get back to uh, football discussion, last night uh, Louisville came from ahead to lose. Uh, looked like they were going to win up seven uh, with about 7.50 to go um, in the second half. Um, Tyler Johnson is, uh, you know, he is that spark the off truth. the bench that got things going. Yeah, man, he is uh, extremely talented. Um, looked like he had some sort of uh, – like a groin injury a little bit uh, that hampered him there late. Um, and then, you know, once um, – I don't know if you saw this, but um, Coach Woodson said in a timeout that his players brought up to him to go zone. <laughs> and it wasn't even his idea. Yeah, I saw that. He was like, all right, I mean, fine, let's like, try it. We haven't practiced it much, but sure. I mean, it, I'm telling you – there is nothing like college coaches just overthinking things. Oh yeah, just and just and the same goes for us. KP should have gone zone. They 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 couldn't hit the broadside of a Barney. They shot nine percent from three point range. Oof. Um, so Taylor, hey, you know, obviously um, we're never going to do moral victories with Louisville basketball, but right. the Sunday game against Texas. I still left, I, I, you know, after that game was over with, I felt better um, about where things were. It simply, if nothing else, there was a time warp where I felt like it was Louisville basketball again. I kid you not, man. I had my first fist bump in yeah. two years. When Sky Clark had that last three, they kind of bounced to the front of the rim and went in. Like, I had this fist pump, and I couldn't tell you the last time watching a Louisville game that I was that into, basketball game, where I did that. And, you know, they, they made, Texas made runs, Louisville answered, it was back and forth, it was an entertaining game if you were, you know, just a basketball fan watching it. Um, but I think a lot of that evaporated, that goodwill, if you will, evaporated when you come from ahead to, to lose to what I think is a, is a very mediocre Indiana team. It, when I sat here on Sunday and watched that Texas game, Spencer was in here with me and I was for the first time in probably two years. And I said it on the post game for the first time in probably two years, I was invested in every single play of a Louisville basketball game. I was living and dying with each trip up and down the court and found myself at the end of that game standing up here in the studio, headset off, TV on, just glued to what was happening. Actually, I had the headset on because there was a delay and I wanted to hear Bob say it first before I saw what happened on the TV. So I had the headset on, but just the the feeling of of angst and anxiety and stress and just wanting them to win so bad it was the first time i've cared about louisville winning a basketball game in a very long time and even though they lost 
and it was tough, and it was a heartbreaker, and it was great defense by Sky Clark at the end of the game. Uh, it was just a better shot, and the the refs screwed up a ton of crap at the end of that game, and you can just go on and on and on. But at the end of that game, I felt like, all right, you know, if, if Louisville plays with this effort every single game this season, we're going to be all right. We're going to lose, and we're going to lose to some – of the better teams, and we're going to make mistakes. But if you play with that level of effort, they're going to win a lot more games than I originally thought they were going to win. And while it was a loss, it was the most, it was the winningest losing post game show I think I've ever done. Because <laughs> I think everybody kind of felt the same way. Everybody was like, man, that was tough. Man, that was a heartbreaker. But, but yeah. damn, look at that effort. And I think everybody kind of felt that way. And then to follow that up on Monday against a mid-Indiana team, and and you've said that. You said that, look, they're mid, and they are. You're right. I mean, they are – they're probably not making the tournament. And to to watch the way that Louisville came out and started that game, and you're like, okay, all right, here we go. Indiana makes a little, little run. Louisville's got an answer. You're like, all right, all right. Louisville's going to be okay. They're going to leave New York one and one. And everything that we saw in that Texas game, that translated. And you're like, all right, here we go. This is going to be a – that Texas game was exactly what I said it was going to be. It was a turning point. But then they just – it was like at one time they just flushed everything good that they did against Texas with the way that they mm. ended – that Indiana game with the the way and and I don't put a ton of it on the players. I really don't because I think their effort and their energy was still there. I put it on Kenny Payne. And and I put it on Kenny Payne and I put it on Danny Manning. Because how do you not have an answer to a team going zone on you? If you're Danny Manning and you've been a head coach, if you want to say, well, Kenny's new and he's never been a head coach before, blah, 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 blah. If that's your excuse you want to use, okay, fine. I'll grant you that for the sake of argument. But Danny Manning's been a head coach. He's been a head coach in the ACC against a team in Syracuse that ran a damn 2-3 zone. So how, if you're Danny Manning, do you not have an answer? How do you not look at Kenny and go, Kenny? We got to run this, this, and this to beat this zone. And it wasn't even a good zone. It was a crappy 2-3 zone because Indiana doesn't even really run 2-3 zone. Yeah. So so how 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 do you not yeah. have an answer for that? You not having an answer for the zone cost you that game. You not being able to do anything offensively the final four minutes of that game cost you that game. This is on Kenny Payne. This is on Danny Manning for not having these guys prepared. I'm not putting it on the team because they gave the effort. They brought the intensity. They played a really good game, and they played good enough that they should have won. But if you can't put your guys in the best position possible to win games, what the hell are you doing as a head coach? It's not good when Jay Williams is on the broadcast openly saying over and over again, what kind of set are they running? Right. And when you say that we're so good against the zone, like he said after the game, that surprised me because we're usually good against the zone. Well, why are you good against the zone, and why aren't you using the plays that are good against the zone? It right. makes no sense whatsoever. And look, 
Nobody can say that this team doesn't have talent. Nobody can ever use that as an excuse this season because nope. we saw it on display. The talent is there. They the, told on themselves. The coaching, when you have two field goals the last 10 minutes of the game, that's coaching malpractice. That's all. That's the bottom line. And then to say he tricked me after the game. Uh, uh, how many times, how many times has Coach Payne made it worse in the postgame presser? Every time. How many and times? It, it, he's it, lost 31 times, so 31, I guess. But no, yeah, he probably did it after a win, too. Yeah, and so and that and that's just for me. It's it's one of those things where it's like you're you're just not prepared. You you, you don't get it in, in this time and in, in this uh, with the scope of this Louisville job. And again, and I know he's friends with Coach Woodson, but again, he was smiling in the handshake line. I don't like that. When you blow a lead uh, late in the second half, I don't think you should be smiling. Um, I, I, I said this on the post game show last night that gave me Satterfield vibes. Yeah. Um, when he went to the press conference and somebody asked him about the zone, um, in the video, he was kind of smiling and laughing as he was talking about, um, I didn't think they'd go to zone. You know, he tricked me. Um, and then like Zach mentioned earlier, then he said something about, well, we're very, very good against the zone. Huh? <laughs> you didn't what, look what? like it. Where's, where's the video evidence? of looking very good against the zone, maybe against yourselves in practice, which doesn't count. <laughs> um, but again, it's just, it's just another example, gentlemen, of um, it, it's, it's not, we're going to win some games. Like they should be able to beat Bellarmine. They should be able to beat New Mexico state, Arkansas state, Pepperdine. Um, and then once they play the team up the road in the ACC, I mean, they might have a hot shooting night, but the stat that stood out to me the most was against Texas. The Longhorns were 2 of 17 from 3, and we were 7 of 16. I don't think we're going to have those type of statistics in our favor very often, especially against the good teams. And then you saw that followed up by IU going just 1 of 11 from 3. Yep. So Louisville went 0-2 when their opponents shot a collective 3 of 28 from distance. I mean, that's that ain't it. No, no, it, it, it it's not. And are you are you proud of me? Are you proud of me for being a little fiery about about Louisville basketball? This is what you wanted. Are you not entertained, Ethan Moore? Is this what you? Well, want? I get it. No, I mean, just yeah. But like after a while, it's just <laughs> it's so frustrating. But you're right. I mean, the talent is there. Again, I think with the proper coaching, this should be an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe not a second weekend team or anything like that. But like getting to the tournament. Um, with this roster here and you know when you have some of those same mistakes being made um, and also too for me I'm drawing a line in the sand Um, I'm not mentioning about well they didn't give up last year's team would have given up they didn't give up or you know um, they played hard okay those okay those things fine those were talking points maybe the first couple games of the year I'm not doing that anymore you should play hard 100% of the time um, if you get down, you should battle back because that's why you're at UofL to play basketball. Right. So you're not going to get any bonus points um, from me when you're – I'm never going to say, like, it's a good thing. Well, they played hard and they didn't give up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's to be expected. Um, and I'm afraid that, you know, there's still, um, you know, the moral victories, there's still that kind of, you know, that, that aura out there, if you will. And that's just because – 
we haven't had a taste of true Louisville basketball going on three years now. So, and four if you count the the thirteen and seven COVID year where they missed the tournament. So, yep, it's a long time coming. Uh, it needs to get better. I'm still saying what I said in the preseason. It's NCAA tournament or bust. It doesn't look like the NCAA tournament's going to be in the cards, pun <laughs> intended. So bust. So uh, yeah, exactly. So um, I liked some of what I saw. Certainly, um, is the team better than last year? Sure, but the bar's so low. I think we're going to win. They're going to win several more games. Are they? Are they going to win any more to get near 500? I don't think so. And at the end of the day, even getting to 500 is not good enough. So, well, I am just glad, even though it was a loss, and I and I hate, I absolutely hate that it was a loss. Mainly because I bought in, and and you fooled me. You you got me. You got me, Kenny. You tricked you. You tricked me. You tricked me into believing, and and look where it got me. Um, but I am also selfishly glad because there were several people pointing out uh, on Sunday that your boy is a jinx and every post-game show I do, <laughs> we, we lose. Uh, so it was nice to see you take an L for once so that I don't have to wear the scarlet letter on my chest. Well, you do have an L in your name, and he doesn't. That it, Well, that is true. That is true. But still, I mean, I took several L's last year. It doesn't matter. On the, the, po- narrative, on the, the, the narrative is if it's a post-game and I'm doing it, it's a loss. And if you do it, it's a win. <laughs> That's just... The, them's the rules, okay? That's that's what the, the people have spoken, and the people right, being, well, being Keith Pointer. So thank you, Keith, uh, for, <laughs> for, for starting that on Twitter. I appreciate you. Well, um, Bellarmine Knights, uh, two two in a row. <laughs> Here we go. Scotty <laughs> Scotty D. Scotty D. Thank, likes. Thank God you schedule. have New Mexico State, man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank, yes. thank you for New Mexico State. We'll ask Auburn in football how well that worked for New Mexico State against New Mexico State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That that bye game got them big time. Eighty-one fifty, ninety-three nine is the number. Smooth is up next on LSL. What's going on, Wayne? Man, what's happening, guys? How y'all doing tonight? Man, man, kicking it. I'm enjoying you all as usual. This pre-Thanksgiving sports talk. Yeah, I just got uh, a few comments. On the uh, Texas NIU, those are two games we let get away. Mm-hmm. But I, I saw a lot of good things. Uh, one thing that I that I that I do recognize, and I hope the the coaches recognize, uh, Tyler has got to start. Yes, the point yes. It, 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 it's no if and but about it. He makes things happen, and. Um, and, and then against IU, I was really surprised that they didn't make adjustments on the zone. I, I couldn't believe that, what I was seeing. But, you know, every game going forward is, is a learning experience. But one thing I do see, this team has potential. They're going to get some wins. They could have had two big ones the other two nights. But that's water under the bridge. But it's a learning experience. And what you what you saw, you got to do the little things. You mm-hmm. got to block out, definitely. You you, you got to block out. It, 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 it's, it's no need for the, somebody in the middle to get the rebound. If you, you got the if you got the two, uh, you know, the two positions, mm-hmm. the man in the middle should never get the rebound. 
when they're shooting free throws. And then as, as far as our football team goes, we rolling. Now, mm-hmm. this is a scenario that I, I just kicked it around in my head. Just, just suppose we do beat them. But you know, you, you know what the narrative will be. Well, uh, well, they don't have Jordan Travis. Well, it's part of the game. You you lose people. We we've lost people, but you go yeah. home, and and then they'll say, well, uh, you you know you know the, you know the scenario. You know what they'll say because they oh, don't yeah. they don't want us to be in. Even if we do get the opportunity, mm-hmm. they they gotta they gotta make a serious thought. Uh, we did what we had to do. So we should be rewarded, but we'll see. It's one game at a time. But I do know this: come Saturday, we're we're going to we're going to we're going to win that game. I don't care if it's a point; we're going to win uh, because the kiddies talking all that smack. It, it's time for payback because Jeff Brom takes it personally. Yeah, he it, does. He's not like Satterfield. You know, he grew up here. He knows what it is. And and we'll do what we got to do. And um, they, they don't have nothing. See, that's what happens when you play that mediocre schedule. You know, you, you you play all those cream puffs, and then when you get to play the real team, you can't compete. And and, and, and the game that they played against South Carolina, I, I don't see them. Well, they, they, they lost five out of their last six. And come Saturday, it's going to be six because we're going to get the win. And and and, and eleven and one is, looks pretty good. But guys, you know, as always, I love listening to you all because you're the best. And I wish you all a very very happy and safe Thanksgiving. And until we meet again, my friends, we always say, go Cards. Thanks, guys. You already know. Wayne, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours as well. Always appreciate uh, your phone calls and your insight. Yeah, um, 11 and 1 Taylor just certainly has a nice ring to it, and it has you know an even sweeter ring to it if, if you cap that regular season off with a win over your arch rival. Doesn't it, though? It makes everything better. It, it, it really does. I mean, it would be cool. You know, 10 wins is awesome. We haven't had 10 wins in a very long time. It would be awesome. Uh, it, it it is awesome to just have ten wins, and you know I think any other time you would be cool with ten and two, but because knowing that that two would come from your arch rival, no, 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 no. Yeah, take it from a guy whose last two regular seasons have been ten and two and eleven and one. When you lose the rivalry uh, game, no one cares. Nope, nobody. Yeah, 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 and and that's the thing too. In to, like to Wayne's point. Uh, with Florida State, and you know, and, and I could see the national narrative doing that. But you know what? In the record books, it's not going to have that. It's going to it would have Louisville, whatever Florida State, whatever Louisville's the ACC champions of 2023. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's not going to take any shine off that, as far as I'm concerned. No, you're 100 percent correct, my friend. All right. So um, before we get Chris on here to to give us his LSL play of the week, uh, I'm going to ask him. You know, ask him some analytical thoughts with with the basketball team um did anything change um and taylor i'll ask you first then zach chime in as well did anything change um drastically one way or the other from your expectations for louisville basketball after the new york trip 
Uh, I would say I had such a low bar for this team this season. Um, I feel like the expectation for me, the expectation for me changed between Sunday and Monday. (laughs) Um, I had a much better feeling about this team coming out of that Texas game. And then they kind of brought me right back down to earth on Monday night. And it really didn't have anything to do with the team as much as it did. I was reminded that coaching will be the issue moving yep. forward. Yeah. That's exactly what my thought was going to be. Is After Sunday, I thought, you know what? They hung with Texas. They should have won that game. Sky Clark played good defense. Guy made a tough shot. What are you going to do? You yep. live with it. And... You know, that's a good Texas team. It's not a great team, but it's a good team, and it's a game they should have won. The fact of the matter is, losing Monday and the way that they lost Monday, not being able to do anything offensively in the last 10 minutes, just being unimaginative. You know, they were moving the ball so well throughout much of the second half, and then it just suddenly stopped. And it's just a reminder that this team is very talent, is pretty talented, and they are going to be more fun to watch than last year. There's no question about it. They're going to win more games than they did last year. No question about it. But... There is going to be a hard ceiling on this team, and there's going to be a hard ceiling on future Louisville teams as long as the current coaching staff is in place. I, I just so. don't think we can get past that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that is an accurate assessment. To be honest with you, uh, Texas says agree. When Kenny gets beat by his buddies, that laughing kills me. Yeah, and then uh, Texas says the most damning stat that says you don't have ball players slash talent is they don't pass the ball. That was something that really, it plagued Louisville in the beginning of the Texas game, but I feel like towards the middle of that first half and then all through the second half, the ball movement was great. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's been terrible most of the, of, of the season, and it was terrible in the beginning of the Indiana or of the uh, Texas game. They were just standing around. Um, and, and I was watching the Indiana game, but you know, it started while I was at work and then I came home and, you know, had to, had to help the wife get things ready for my mother-in-law, father-in-law showing up today. Uh, so there was a lot of commotion going on in the house. So I was watching, but not glued to the game. So what was the, what was the ball movement like against IU? Because from what I saw at times, it looked like they were moving the ball much better than they had, more more like what they were doing against Texas and less like what they had done all season. Once they went to zone is when it got stagnant. Yeah. I mean, there were maybe one or two passes. Um, they would take a four shot. I do think um, Brandon Hunley Hatfield had a, you know, a decent look from the free throw line during the last five or six minutes that just missed. Just about every other shot was, was rushed or forced. Um, and, and that's certainly not, not what you want to do. Uh, against the zone but now we're we are pleased to bring on a friend of the program you know him you love him chris hatfield at the best wager on twitter nine in one run on his lsl pick of the week chris how you doing sir how's it going guys nice to be talking with you again yes yes yeah man so uh we're we were talking football hot and heavy there for the first hour went back to basketball um always like your thoughts on what you see from Louisville basketball, uh, what did you, what did you think over the last two games in, in Texas? Not only um, from terms of you just watching it, but analytically as well. Um, honestly, after the Texas game, I thought everything was a bit missionary. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a fun game. 
Louisville played well, had a chance to win. You do look back at the game. Um, you look at you know shot quality, kind of graded that as a fourteen point win for Texas. I thought they missed a lot of opportunities. I thought the energy for Louisville was good. Um, I, I think the biggest emergence of that New York trip is probably looking at a guy like Brandon Huntley Hatton and saying, "Hey." The light finally came on for you. You played with some energy for 40 minutes, um, and you did it for, for the most part, over two games. Um, but, you know, I, I think the defense is still lacking, um, specifically on the perimeter. I thought that in the Texas game, like I said, um, there were a lot of open looks that they weren't really punished for. And then I thought in the Indiana game, the defensive effort kind of lacked a lot more. I really struggled last night um with the with the kind of back and forth with with playing Mike James for such an extended period of time when I really thought that Louisville would have benefited from some three guard lineups um with Trey White, you know, Sky Clark and um Tyler Johnson um and to see what that kind of give you down the stretch because I, I thought that they needed some more slashing. And obviously you kind of get the cherry on on top there at the end with the whole zone fiasco um it was funny to me like as soon as as soon as kenny said that they were very good against the zone over the last two seasons they kind of went back and looked at the numbers and he was correct about last year um they were definitely better against the zone than they were against man they averaged about 0.96 points per possession which is about average they were pretty bad against man defense all year this year, though, that's kind of flip-flop. They've been really bad against the zone, um, and that was going into that matchup. So, you know, um, encouraged, but I did – I thought that the moral victory uh, crowd was just a little too much for my liking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're someone that has high stands for Louisville basketball. You always have. Um, so certainly um, respect that. Did anything change for you, though, Chris, um, based on your season outlook um, from what you saw from Texas, uh, from against Texas and Indiana? Well, they've probably gone for me from a team that I thought was going to win 11 games to maybe closer to 13 or 14. I think, like, if I'm looking at it from a gambling perspective, they certainly became a team that I'm looking to play more overs with. This team can score. Um, I, there's no doubt about it that the, the skill level's improved. There's a good, solid backcourt to work around that can get you buckets when you need them and last year you really only had L. Ellis that could do that now I think you have two to three guys that can do that um defensively I just it's just so bad I mean it's just it's just really bad uh the the lateral quickness um kind of the IQ on the floor situationally of maybe a guy's coming off a screen and you go under the screen and you're doing that against a shooter uh maybe it's an opportunity where you could you know kind of hedge that screen and it's just it's lacking in critical moments. Um, so I, I think the grand scheme for me is that Louisville's probably going to win maybe a few more games because I think its guards will probably make enough plays down the stretch to do that. But it's certainly not like this team has gone, for me, anywhere close to a tournament team. I, I think you're looking at a team that was maybe going to finish last in the ACC that maybe finished second to last, third to last. Um, and that's, yeah. that's kind of how I feel right now. But you know, we'll see what happens going forward. I, I think for for them, it is really, really big on the defensive side of things because I think they have a lot more room to improve there, if I'm being kind of just kind about it. I think the offense, what you see now is pretty much what you're going to get. There can be some individual improvement from some of the younger guys, but the defensive areas where they can definitely make the biggest strides. 
No doubt about that. Um, now we turn our, our eyes to Rivalry Week. Um, Chris, as a handicapper, I, I would imagine that this is a pretty tough week just based on the emotions in these rivalry matchups. Um, has that been the case for you, or um, do you like this week maybe more so than others? You're the third person that said that to me this week. I love this week, honestly. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think that you definitely do get some teams that play up um, that, you know, it, it can make it a little bit more difficult. But generally what you see in this week is numbers, kind of the deeper numbers and some of the analytics that tend to favor more, usually tend to play out a lot more. Um, the team's been kind of unlucky with, with some turnover luck or something like that. They seem to, in the rivalry weeks, be able to manage that and go for it. Now, there will be some upsets um, that just kind of don't make sense because that's college football. But in general, historically, I've, I've been really good in the, in the first like three to four weeks of the season um, and then kind of steady in the middle. And then you hit rivalry week and bowl week, and I, I seem to do really well. So for me, um, it, it's a great time of the year, and I'm certainly looking to, toward this weekend. Nice, nice. Well, w- without further ado, uh, what do you have uh, for us for your LSL pick of the week? I actually just gave this one out. We're going to take Iowa um, plus two and a half. Um, I-, I think you're getting some value on Iowa here because Nebraska is playing for a bowl game, and that tends to favor um, with the public. They tend to jump on that team, especially when they're at home. But this is still an Iowa team that is playing for 10 wins themselves. Um, a- another good season for them. And honestly, to make this really simple, this is going to be a very defensive game, like every Iowa game is. There's going to be low scoring, like every Iowa game is. And Iowa's just a better defensive team than Nebraska. Um, you're going to see Nebraska try to run the ball, and this is an Iowa team that is number one in EPA, um, number one in DVOA against the run, probably the best team in the country against the run. Um, so, yeah, I, I keep this one really simple. I'm getting two and a half points in a very low-scoring game. Iowa probably wins this game outright, but if you're going to give me those free points, I'll, I'll go ahead and take them. So it's Iowa plus two and a half. Nice, nice. And before we get you out of here, your thoughts on the big matchup at uh, LNN Stadium on Saturday? Who do you think the pressure's on more? This, I think the weekend. pressure, I, I think it's on Louisville. Yeah, I, I just... That's that's been the kind of the, the the thought in my head all week is kind of who it is on, and it, it definitely certainly feels like it's on mobile. I think that is the correct answer. It's just kind of wild to get here um, and say that because you may have not thought that you know three or four weeks ago. Um, but for me, I, I, I jumped on this under. It's kind of went, I think it's went down a point since it came out. I do think this will be a low scoring game, uh, a very gritty game. I think Kentucky will play well. I do like Louisville. Um, I, I think it's it's run defense and it's rushing game will be the difference in the matchup. Um, but I, I, you know, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm I'm going to be coming down to attend the game. So I think Jordan's Jamar Jordan's status. Um, you know, I, last week I didn't think he looked healthy much of the game. So I think that's kind of a big deal. Although Isaac's been running the ball well, I think he'd still like to have that big play threat available and as close to fully healthy as possible. Um, but I do like Louisville to win the game. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's going to be a low-scoring, probably one-score game. Sound that, sound that sounds that sounds about right, man. Um, well, uh, for our listeners out there, at the best wager on Twitter, I know you got your college basketball seasons kicking off. 
um, some NBA picks out there as well. Um, certainly, we certainly appreciate it, Chris, man. Uh, the best to you and yours. Have a happy Thanksgiving, man. Appreciate it. All right. You guys have a good holiday. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Chris. All right. So, um, uh, Zach will go to you first. All right. Play of the, play of the week. Big Ten action, um, you know. What, what do you think? Putting any shekels on Ohio State? So we're going. We're starting. I'm just going to keep doing it until it doesn't work. <laughs> Iowa under. I don't care that it's 26 and a half. That's about 22 points too high. So I'm still <laughs> going to say Iowa probably wins. I'll take Iowa plus two and a half as well. I'll go with Chris. So I'll parlay that into a plus and the under. So Iowa wins like 13 to 10. And then we're going rivalry parway. I'm going Louisville, Moneyline. And I'm going to take the points as well. I think okay. Louisville wins this game somewhat comfortably. I'm going to say Cards win 27 to 14. Kentucky keeps it interesting for a bit. Or team up the road. Never mind. Team up the road keeps yeah. it interesting. Yeah. But Louisville so pulls away. That's important. Yes. Louisville pulls away in the second half. And I got to do it. I got to do it. The Ohio State <laughs> plus three money line. Ryan Day shuts Jim Harbaugh up. We go up there, win that game. The Michigan fans can cram it and get ready for their NCAA violations as yeah. Ohio State gets ready to go to the playoff, baby. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Love it. T-Money, what you got, player? All right. I'm going to give you one to kind of sit back and uh, digest your Thanksgiving, uh, throw this game on, and, uh, and, and watch it. I'm sure it's probably on, like, ACC Network or something. I don't know. Uh, but Miami is going on the road to BC and they're getting eight and a half are the hurricanes. Give me BC plus the eight and a half. I don't, I don't know. Miami's been in two dog fights the last two weeks, expended a ton of energy. Now they're going to go on the road. They're going to go to BC and the tens of fans that are going to be there at BC to watch this game. Uh, it, it feels like a quintessential Mario Cristobal is going to do something very, very Mario Cristobal like, uh, and it, and it feels like BC is going to have an opportunity. I don't know if they're going to win outright, but eight and a half points, I think is too many points. So give me BC plus eight and a half on Thursday night. That um that yeah I, I like that play uh, that that intrigues you I might, I might have to uh, to take you up on that and I, my play of the week is um I, I'm gonna do um what what Chris was saying with Louisville and the team up the road under uh, I think this is gonna be a run heavy game um I, I'll still play it if it's if it's fifty or above I'm still playing fifty that. and a half right now well I'm up, I'm on gonna Fan play Duel. the under I'm gonna play the under. Um, I think uh, Louisville wins. Uh, I think they went by touchdown. So I think, uh, depending on what book you have it, I think you know the cards might cover. They might push. Um, but that's that's what I'm going with. I don't know if I have a score necessarily, mm-hmm. but I do think the cards win by touchdown. I think it is going to be a close game. But I do think too um, that Louisville um, will look to establish the run. And if they're successful, there's there's no reason why they they you know go away from it. I think there, there's going to be some opportunities to hit a big play through the air as well. But I, I see both teams keeping on the ground the majority of the time, and then they're keeping on the ground. The clock is running. The clock's running. Um, the scores tend to be lower. So there is my analysis. There, I'm taking the under 50 and a half. Uh, for Louisville and the team up the road. How about this one for you? I'm not saying I would place any money on it, but I was just looking at it because there's a, there is a ton, ton of rivalry games 
uh, this weekend. Of course, with it being the final weekend of the regular season, uh, you've you've got several just scrolling through here on, on FanDuel, looking at some of these. Obviously, you've got the team up the road uh, in Louisville. You've got IU Purdue. Uh, you've got AM and LSU, of course, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, Oregon State, uh, Penn State, Michigan State, that one as well. Uh, and then just, just scrolling through here, I saw this one in the ACC. You've got Virginia, Virginia Tech. It is a three point Virginia Tech favorite on the road in Charlottesville. I'm not touching that game because that feels just like a trap right there. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of surprised a little bit that Virginia Tech's getting three on the road in Charlottesville against a Virginia team that has been scrappy, that has been clawing uh, to to try and stay in these ball games and has not really been blown out, with the exception of I think it was Georgia Tech. Um, that one's an interesting one to me. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. This is why, though. I mean, this would be the the perfect way to spin rivalry week so you get you have a you have a you know wonderful happy healthy thanksgiving with the fam you get out there at ellen stadium early on saturday cards take care of business and then you come home and then you just feast on leftovers and then you just flip the channels um kick your feet up with your with your team hopefully you know winning the big game against your rival and now you're just watching uh, other teams and their fans sweat it out that's so, how i would love to spend my saturday night absolutely so outside of the two big ones for us obviously it's it's louisville and the team off the road and ohio state michigan what's the other rivalry game that you're going to be flipping over and and checking out this weekend it's got to be florida state florida i mean you know if if you're looking at your next opponent in the acc championship and if you're just kind of project out um you want if you are going to you know if you want louisville to play the best team possible for the acc championship you want florida state um, to beat their rival. I think Florida is has their backup quarterback as well. Yep. So it's going to be the uh, battle of the backups. And certainly, too, um, you know, I'm not a, a huge conference hawk like a lot of SEC fans are, <laughs> but I'm certainly pulling for the ACC uh, schools when they play the SEC schools. So I, w- I would love to see Florida State knock off Florida. Again, that, that game is going to be in Gainesville, so it should be – um, a relatively close game. Last Florida State check, getting goals. six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that's going. That for me is another game. Of course, I'd love to see Ohio State Michigan, um, but we're going to be preoccupied with our game. Um, but that is the game for me that I'm really going to keep an eye, a close eye on. And then two for Thanksgiving night, the Egg Bowl. Um, yeah, we want Ole Miss to lose. Yeah, we we want Ole Miss to lose. Uh, in in case of a loss to Florida State and they don't make it in the playoff, so we might have another potential New Year Six game um, that we can play in. So you want Missouri to lose, you want Ole Miss to lose, any of those teams around you know eight, uh, nine, um, then uh, you know eleven, twelve, thirteen ish. You want those teams to drop games too. So if Louisville does. Um, assuming they beat the team up the road and they lose in the ACC championship, you want some of those teams um, to lose and drop in those polls as well. So maybe Louisville still with the loss, and if Florida State doesn't go to the playoff, they can find themselves into the Cotton Bowl or something like that. 
I think that is the most underrated rivalry in college football. Like oh, yeah. they turn each other in for NCAA violations. You know, bro, we had a dude hike his leg in the yeah. end zone a couple and years, and they ago. lost the game because of that because yes. they had to kick a thirty-five yes. yard extra point, and both coaches got fired as a result of that game. Dude, so, that game's crazy. It's crazy. I'm I'm really looking forward to Oregon State Oregon, the Civil War game that Friday night. I think that's going to be a fantastic game. Uh, Alabama Auburn. Every time that game's in Jordan Hare. Doesn't matter how good Alabama is. Doesn't Jordan matter Hare. how bad Auburn is. It's Auburn's always win close. The football game. That was ten years ago. I know. If you want to feel old, God. the kick six. The kick ten six. years ago, the greatest play I've ever wow. seen in college football. Ten years ago, still to this day. I'll give you an underrated one uh, that I might switch on for a little while Saturday night. Um, UNC at NC State. You want to talk about two teams that hate each other? UNC and NC State hate each other. So that's an interesting one. Uh, and, and again, you want to cheer for the red team because you want NC State to beat North Carolina because you want NC State to stay in the college football playoff rankings and rise a little bit in the college football playoff rankings. Um, North Carolina, a three-point road favorite in that one too. Interesting. Yeah, I, I want, yeah you, want, you want NC State there because of, with them being – now in the college football playoff top 25, um, the more quality wins that Louisville has, the better. Um, again, just for to have to, to afford them some wiggle room for other potential New Year Six games because I think obviously that is the goal. That's how you want to finish the season off. So, um, all right. Let's, let's oh, so here's Break one down. for you. I got to say this step. I saw it in the ESPN Anger Index. The only team in America – to beat, have six wins against bowl-eligible Power 5 opponents, Louisville. Louisville has a road win over a ranked opponent, NC State, right? Mm-hmm. Oregon, yep. Alabama, and Missouri do not. And Louisville has a better record than Missouri. And yet they are behind all of those teams. Make it make sense. Ridiculous. No, it's, I it's know it's Pitt. I know bias. the reason why. Right. Oh, it's yeah. Pitt. If, like I said, if you switch the Pitt result with Any NC other State result. or Georgia Tech... They're probably ranked high. Yeah. It's the pit loss. That's what kills them. Uh, Texter says losing two games in a row is never acceptable. No positives to take away from the basketball, the Texas and the uh, loss to Indiana. Uh, Texter also says, fully agree with you guys. It's the coaching staff putting the ceiling on these talented players. They It just won't change in the future uh, either unless we get new coaches. And then this, this is probably the text of the night. My girl wants to know why I'm sitting in the car. LOL. We appreciate your programming. <laughs> <laughs> My man. Text of the night. Appreciate that. Yeah, and so um, I, when you go back to that, I, I like to see that the fans continuously will hold the expectations high for Louisville basketball. Again, just because it's been so bad last year at a historically bad level, the year before that, historically bad. Yep. We're not going to lower the standards because – of the last couple of years we're just not we're not going to do that and so um you can certainly like like you can say that the team is much more talented than last year you can say the team is much more fun to watch than last year those are true but then two you still have to win so yeah they're not um, both of those things exactly and that's probably you know that's a problem in this day and age either it's so cut and dry um you know, with, with things that, that you can't have any gray area, and you can have some gray area. Um, 
like Tyler Johnson is very uh, is a very entertaining basketball player. He reminds me. I'm not comparing him, but he reminds me of a young Russ Smith. The way he he's disruptive. The way he he has that fearless attitude and can get to the rim. So um, I I love that when he when he comes into the game and he needs more he needs more clock. Mm-hmm. Now before we um, kind of break down uh, your a matchup that you're looking for in, in Saturday's Governor's Cup. Um, who should KP start? Um, based on what we've seen the first five games of the year, what should the starting lineup be? Well, I agree. I think uh, Tyler Johnson needs to start. I think that Dennis Evans probably has to start uh, just because of where they are in the front court and what they have. Uh, Brandon has been giving you some better minutes lately. Uh, and I, I really liked what I saw from him in the in the Empire Classic. I thought that he really yeah a little edge to him. He man. really played well. But I think that I think you start Dennis. I think you start uh, you start Tyler. Um, I think you probably still put Sky Clark out there, uh, and then you start Mike James and Trey White. Trey White, six had, players, Trey, Trey White has got to stop being a defensive liability. And yeah. we, we, I mean, we have to talk about that. Like, Trey White does some really good things, but he is just a liability on defense. And teams are going to come after that as we get into ACC play. So, if it were me, uh, Sky Clark, Tyler Johnson, Mike James, uh, Dennis Evans, and... Uh, Give me JJ Trainer. Oh, so no Holly Hatfield? I wouldn't start him. I think I, I think you bring Brandon off the bench um okay. early, obviously. But I kinda like him maybe coming off the bench. All right. Give me Tyler, of course, Sky, Mike, Trey, BHH. Okay. That's my starting five. Yeah. That, um uh, I think based on based on how they played right now. Whether that's going to matter a whole lot going forward, we'll find out. But just for now, uh, that would be my starting lineup. All right, Governor's Cup, baby. Uh, Louisville <sighs> needs a win. Yeah, they do. That they, we need to get it done. I think we will. What is one aspect of this game that you will be paying extra close attention to on Saturday? Can Louisville defensively stop the run? And offensively, where are the big plays coming from? Do they come in the run game, or do they come in the pass game for Louisville? Nice, nice. I'm going to be looking for um, the play calling offensively. Um, I think that we're. I think that the Miami game was a precursor to Saturday. I think that Brom is going to use a lot of misdirection. There's going to be a lot of new wrinkles. Um, that maybe we've seen out of a formation, yep. but how that play is executed is a little bit different. That's something I feel like we're going to see several plays that won't be on film. No, I think you're going to see stuff and you're going to be like, well, I've seen them line up that way before, but I haven't seen them do that <laughs> lined up that way. And defensively, this is what I want to see. I want to see um, them do two things, contain Davis, contain the run game, and then for something that we haven't seen in, in hell, four or five years, get consistent pressure on the quarterback. Yes. Louisville's, remember, with, with Yaya and Yasir, 
Um, we really had some good momentum as far as pressuring the quarterback. But against the team up the road last year, I think they only sacked Levis once. Um, and they didn't have a whole lot of pressure on him, um, at least from a consistent standpoint. I want to see that change on Saturday. Those are the two little areas on defense that I'm looking forward to watching. But offensively, the play calling, because I feel, I feel like it's going to be um, a misdirection masterpiece from Brahma Company. I think so, too, and and I think you're right. We saw kind of the the taste of that against Miami, and I think you're going to see more of it uh, against against uh, the team up the road. And it's, and it's funny, we've talked about you know Louisville having the ability to be a little bit chesty this week for the first time in a long time, and, and I've talked to, to people at work that are Kentucky fans, and I asked one of them today, I was like, so... You know what do you how, how you feel about how do you feel about this matchup this weekend? And he was like, I said, uh, he said, what's the spread? I said, uh, right now it's six and a half. He was like, that's not enough. I said, really? He was like, yeah, that's not enough. He goes, y'all just pick your score, whatever you whatever. See, you want. man. See, see, that's I'm getting that too a lot. I think that's <laughs> that's part of that homerism coming out and. You know, inside they think that they're going to win, but then they don't want to be too overconfident, and then they don't want to—they don't want you to give them the business. But when have we ever heard that? Do. When have we heard that lately, though? When well, have we, we heard that? You're right. You're exactly. right. Exactly. You're right. Um, that's an interesting dynamic, man. But it I, is. I would love for, for the tide to turn uh, in the biggest way this weekend. And I think that there's the potential for that to happen, but I do think it's going to be a close game. Um, but Brahm is in Satterfield, and I think uh, Stoops and Company, Buttermilk, hmm. um, Butterball, whatever you want to say, um, is going to be in for a rude awakening on Saturday. I think the fan base there, uh, they're chomping. They're done. Bit, yeah, they're they're kind of at their wits' end with him. Yes, and that's kind of something that's re- that's really interesting to me because this is the same guy that they want to build a statue for because he won ten games. Uh, but they, but you, you honestly, like you're, they're not doing any better than him, though. No, but you're a victim of your own success. And he won ten games yeah. there, and now that they know that it happened once, now the expectation is when are you going to do it again? And they yeah. are, they are not happy uh, with the way things have gone this season there. And that's the oh, thing: yeah. can you can kill their will very early on? I think if mm-hmm. Louisville just starts this game strong, I don't know if Kentucky's going to fold necessarily, but. That's a team that's bickering amongst themselves or yeah. fighting among the coaching staff. Give them a reason to quit. They're looking for one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's accurate as well. Well, as always, we certainly appreciate you guys listening, calling, texting, tweeting. Um, we always enjoy interacting with you guys for two hours every week, talking all things UFL football, basketball, and recruiting. If you miss any portion of the show, it's going to be podcasted here shortly. We'll throw it up on our Twitter feed at Illville Sports without an O live. I hope everybody has a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Enjoy some time with your family and friends, and then get ready for Saturday's kickoff, baby. LNN Stadium noon. Get out there early, loud and proud. For, uh, for Taylor Lynch and Zach Contrell, I'm Ethan Moore. And until next time, go, go Cards! Beat the Cats! Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? 
Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at UPSJobsKY.com. That's UPSJobsKY.com. 